Running with Jake, the quick hit. Hi, this is Jake from Running with Jake, the podcast. Full episodes are released every Wednesday, but this is the quick hit, which is audio taken from one of the live videos on my social channels. This one is from the Instagram lives that I do every Friday with ex-GB athlete, fellow coach, and my friend, Joe Wilkinson. To follow us both on Instagram, just search for Running with Jake and Running Joe 10K. Let's get into it. It's Friday, and I think we can officially declare marathon season has started. The London Marathon Expo is open. Some of us have already dropped off our kit bag and are now worrying desperately about what we haven't packed. But more than anything, it's about do you feel prepared? Now, that's what we're going to be talking about this week. And I've got to be honest, probably more than any other live we do, this one is the most important one. What do you do if you're feeling underprepared? Are you really underprepared or is it just in your mind? Talking of underprepared, I'm now filling until my friend running with Jake joins me, which he should do at any moment because hopefully he's really well prepared to have a good conversation today around being underprepared. I had some really good material to fill the time until Jake joined me. But that's cool because I'm a professional at that these days. That is what I'm telling myself. Oh my Lord. How are we feeling, Would anybody Joe? like me to unconnect him? <laughs> Mildly hysterical, very underprepared. Say I'm, I'm, it's now worse. Thank you very much for making me feel worse. <laughs> well, I know you love the London Marathon music. It was either this or Oasis for everyone running Manchester next weekend. <laughs> well, I went I'll to London play Marathon next weekend. All right. <laughs> I'll pick a I'm good Oasis so track. Cigarettes and alcohol. That's probably with the underprepared theme. Um, you're excited. I'm excited as well. You know. It's going to be good. It's going to be fun, isn't it? It's brilliant. It's only a bit of running. A bit of running this in the is world's going to be you. greatest race ever. <laughs> Don't you This is going to be you really on Sunday, cosy in your foil blanket. Excited, I'm excited. Do you know what I packed in my kit bag? I am the world's coldest person and I have squeezed the most massive ski jacket in there. Everybody else has gone with all this other stuff. I don't know, like post-marathon food and stuff, I've gone with three thermal tops, two pairs of leggings and a ski jacket. <laughs> and randomly, I don't even, look, I'm hysterical, randomly, I don't even know why, the box of... <laughs> I can't even tell you. <laughs> 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 I'm terrible. What have you been drinking? I'm seriously. <laughs> I'm worried about you. I'm very worried gonna, about you. I'm worried about myself, to be honest, Jake. I'm, I've lost it. I've totally lost it. I'm feeling very underprepared. I'm now desperately trying to obviously regain my professionalism whilst wiping the tears from my eyes. <laughs> How are you if doing? You're anyway? nervous, just think. I'm all right. I'm absolutely fine. I've got more time than you lot. You lot running London on Sunday. I've got more time to relax. Well, panic, actually. But if you're nervous, and I know how your training's gone, how do you think people are feeling that are underprepared, that have not been able to put the training in? 
Well, I think you should just take this and ramp it up by about 10,000%. And that's probably where they are. <laughs> so Crazy. I wrote on my notes, are you underprepared or do you just feel underprepared? And I think we had a little discussion here, didn't we, about if you really are underprepared, <laughs> what are we going to do? Because feeling underprepared is a different thing. I think I would think we would agree there's there is feeling underprepared and then there is probably, I mean, I hate to, for us to be really judgmental here, but there probably is a, an objective state where we could say you're underprepared. Where, you, where are you going to draw that line, Jake? No, I, I agree. We, you know, we've had this chat and we've touched on this, that I think there are different degrees of underpreparedness. There's a word for you. And, and what do you mean by that? Well, <laughs> We could just feel underprepared because actually we're a bit nervous, we're in tapering, we feel like we're losing fitness, are we going to be able to achieve our target time, all those things. But are we looking at, what does that mean by being underprepared? Is it that you're nervous about being able to achieve your time? Because that's probably most people. I think most people fall into that category rather than complacent and overconfident. Or actually, do you have through the event safely? That's a completely different thing because, you know, when we spoke about this, Joe, we sort of touched on it, didn't we? I think, it, I think there's a lot of people that will get involved in a marathon and run a marathon almost at all costs, you know, a degree of stubbornness. And I understand as well, you know, they put so much time and potentially effort into this. Maybe things haven't gone their way. Maybe it's down to just lack of motivation, call it laziness, call it whatever you want. Or maybe there were things that got in the way, be it injury and stuff. Either way, if you are concerned about covering that distance, but you're not going to let anybody stop you from taking part, because that happens, doesn't it? You know, you're not going to listen to a coach. You're not going to listen to your friends. You just, you're hell-bent on doing it. Maybe you're feeling guilty because you're raising money for a charity. You don't want to let them down. I think there's certain things that you have to consider. You don't have to, but I think it's really, really helpful. And I think the biggest thing that leaps out of this for me, Joe, really, is... It really isn't now or never. And I think a lot of people can feel like that. I've got to run the marathon now. I've got to do this. I've got to complete it. You really haven't. There are other opportunities. While it probably feels like if it's your first one, you're never going to do another one because of the work that, was in, that, that, that it took, things become a distant memory very quickly and you can easily find yourself signing up for another one. So what I'm saying is if you are going to put yourself in this situation anyway, be prepared not to finish. Be prepared. Have that worst case scenario. Have that contingency in your mind and, and, and accept it. I think that's really important because it's not a case of getting across the finish line at all costs, which could risk like serious health concerns, let's be honest, or like serious injury. You know, if you've not put the work in, it's not just about maybe not achieving a time. Maybe you're just not prepared to cover 26 miles. Oh, we just before I hand back to you, Joe. We, we speak about this, you know, we've touched on this quite a lot with our chats off Instagram as well, that sometimes it's good to look at duration in training. And if you're looking at, say, I don't know, for argument's sake, let's just say a five-hour marathon, you know, that you've not been able to commit lots to training. You're looking at like a five-hour marathon. You know, what, what's your training volume across the week in duration? Have you even got anywhere close to five hours as a weekly training, you know, volume, because if you haven't, that should raise a few alarm bells in your mind. How can you expect to cover an event, you know, do an event well, that's going to take you that sort of time when you haven't really put that in on a week to week basis or so. Hopefully you might have finished talking. Um, 
I always say that if you want to finish the marathon running most of the way, you probably need to be looking at covering that distance within a week in your training. And, and I agree with you there. You, you talked about it in time on feet. I talk about it in terms of distance. But ultimately, it's the same thing. If you haven't got to that level, now that's not to say, right, therefore you should not start this marathon. But I think you have to start it with a very realistic perspective of, of how long it might take you and, and what might be involved in that. And, and like you, I say, you know, the thing I've got written down here is why, you know, ask yourself very honestly, why am I still intending to start this event when I know I haven't done the training, um, you know, to, to really just have a realistic chance of, of achieving anything near what I wanted to do um, and take a long-term perspective. You know, I always say to people, it's about being able to, it's about being well and able to run next week. I mean, okay, who can run the week after a marathon? But seriously, it's about, as you say, not seriously injuring yourself and getting to a state where your long-term health or your long-term well-being, or, you know, you end up with a serious injury that's going to take months and months and months to recover. That's the kind of, you know, that's when we have to stop joking about it and, and be and be sensible about it. But that said, if you want to go ahead, it just comes down to, like anybody, I would say make an honest assessment of your training and then on the basis of that, adjust your race plan. And that's the most important thing. And I think they get to do. They sort of, you know, have a race plan that they started 20 weeks ago. I don't mean a training plan. I mean the race plan. And then they don't change their race plan tomorrow you know we, we all all of our race plans will have changed in some way and if you are into that seriously underprepared category then it needs some serious revision um but you know as i say i think particularly for london perhaps more so than any other event it, it is a great event and it is taking part in something and if you can take part in it in that state of mind then i think you're going to be in a much better place <laughs> This is going really well. Apologies if it well keeps. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just it's breaking up quite a lot. So if you're watching this and it's I hope it's not so sticky your end, guys, because obviously it's a little bit frustrating. It seems it's a bit a bit kind of glitchy here. But um no, I, from what I did pick up on what you said there, Joe, uh, you know, I think you make some really valid points there. And you know, it goes back to that what does underprepared look like? And I do think it's important to shell perhaps target times to a degree. And the reason I to a degree when you first started out on this journey you probably had more ambitious target times in your mind and then as you realized that you were not prepared fully for the event because you don't go into it with that in mind oh i'm going to be unprepared but when you realize that i think it's worth changing target time significantly but still give it some sort of i suppose framework some sort of structure some sort of you need something to get your teeth into because i think that's motivating i think it helps you to break down or break up the race which is important anyway even if your training's gone well you know we say to be make sure you sort of break it or don't think oh 26 miles here here we go you've got to really break it up which we've spoken about before joe but even if training hasn't gone well and you are underprepared you can still have, have, have some form of structure and arguably if your training really hasn't been there it might be a run walk structure and don't be afraid to do that it doesn't matter about other people give yourself a target and i think you'll find that motivating right this is a new challenge now I'm underprepared and I'm going to do 26.2 miles. I want to finish safely. How can I do that? I need to run walk. But what I'm not going to do is just walk when I'm forced to walk because it's a lot harder to get going again. Now, that could be forced to walk because of lack of training, lack of fitness, or it could be because of an injury 
um, coming back that maybe stopped you in training in the first place, which is why you're underprepared. But I think give it some sort of structure. It helps you mentally break up the race as well. For example, in 2000 and I think it was 13, I was training for Berlin Marathon. Four weeks before the race, I picked up an injury. I can't remember actually what the injury was. I think it was might have been knee. But it basically stopped me from running at all. So I hadn't ran. Like it was the world's most extreme taper. Four weeks, just did zero running. Up to that point, the training was great. And I'd done some marathons before. So I knew I could cover the distance, but I was underprepared. And I needed to kind of make those adjustments on the race day. Did I make those adjustments? Yes and no. Because I stood on the starting line thinking, well, let's just see how this goes. I'm just going to run on feel. And subsequently, I got to about the classic 19, 20 miles. And then my legs reminded me that I haven't put the training in. And I, you know, that's the first time and only time from memory that I've really hit the wall. I mean, I basically chewed every brick on the way to 26.2 miles. And I remember thinking, Joe, I've just mini rewards. I've just got to get to the next water station and then I'm going to allow myself to walk a bit. And it was proper dragging myself across those six miles. If I'd have been a little bit more, I suppose, organized, prepared, and I'd have seen a video like this, I could have start, stood on that starting line of Berlin thinking, well, I'm going to run, I don't know, I'm going to plod five miles and then I'm going to walk for a few minutes. But whatever the format might be, I think don't just keep pushing and pushing until you're forced to, to stop. Have a bit of some description. I definitely think that would help. I hope you picked that up, yeah. I hope you could hear that. Yeah, no, no, I did actually. Um, I think it's absolutely critical. I always, always, always talk about pacing yourself. And okay, that might be to, to the runners who are, you know, going into this fit and feeling very prepared. But actually, pacing yourself is even more important if you're underprepared. And I think what tends to happen is if you're not feeling well trained for it and not feeling well prepared, it's almost like you throw all of that good pacing advice out the window and therefore you suffer more. Um, so the number of people I know who say, well, I'm, I'm not feeling, I haven't done the training, I haven't got the background, I haven't got the preparation. So I'm just going to run for as long as I can until I can't run anymore. I would say, don't do that. Do not do that. Because as you've just described, it's a really painful, unpleasant way to finish the marathon. Start, you know, more than anything, pace yourself more than you would do, even if you'd done the best training in the world. And, and I say start with a run walk strategy and make sure you take those walks, even at the beginning, when you're actually probably feeling OK, you know, maybe you're feeling good enough to cover 10 miles or something. Don't run the 10 miles and then hope because it's a long way to just continue on hope. So, you know, put a run-walk strategy in, even if it's five minutes run, two minutes walk, or something like that, and you think, God, I've only run, I haven't even got to the first mile, and here I am walking. Don't worry about it. Swallow your pride down then, because you'll be much happier when it comes to mile 20, you know, and you'll hopefully be in a position where you're feeling fresher and more able to keep running at that point in the race when it is more important. Because as you say, when you get to that point where you've overdone it, it's an incredibly hard place to come back from or to continue from. Um, they put a strategy it's discipline, in place isn't it? and put a conservative. Yeah. I mean, it's so hard anyway at the beginning. I was chatting to some runners yesterday. You know, you've got the world and its dog piling past you. You know, the man in the washing machine and <laughs> the rhino goes by you. You know, that's really hard to think, oh, God, I really am at the back. But, you know, just think it may well be that if you put that strategy in place, you will actually go by quite a lot of those people. And then that is actually really motivating to either be keeping up with or going by people in that second half of the race. Because it doesn't really matter how many people pass you in the first half. It's what happens in the second half. I think that's most critical. And, and as you say, you've learned that from experience. And I, I, uh, we were chatting about this, wasn't it? And I said, my, the thing I can relate to most was I, um, 
did the Great North Run. Okay, only a half marathon, I admit. But it was 18 months after I'd had my son. And I ran uh, um, the Southern Road Relays, which is a 4K, uh, about two weeks before, and ran one second slower than my best time and thought, yes, I'm in amazing shape. Now, I knew I was not in amazing half marathon shape, but this 4K race, on half marathon PB pace and by five miles which any of you that have done the old Great North Run um, course will know is a long drag up the motorway and I was in the elite women's race which means there was nobody on this dual carriageway but me slowly dying and I remember a police car went by me at some speed and I thought to myself god I wish it had run me over because then I could have stopped <laughs> and that's how bad it can be <laughs> So you do not want to be in that. I hope state. nobody else. <laughs> no, I hope nobody else has that thought process. Please, just I hope I get run over by a police car. Well, I'm worried about you today, Joe. I really am. Very, very worried I just about think, you. You know, but that, in, in you, a... said, you said that desperation when it's just you know you you've overdone it in the first half compared to your ability. It's desperate. It is so desperate. And if you can avoid that desperation, <laughs> do so. <laughs> desperate times. Desperate times, man. I think I've got to do a little bit of reframing as well. That's important. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, you know, we're talking about this run-walk thing now. It's funny, isn't it? Because some people, how some people measure success is quite funny. It's quite interesting. You know, what's a successful run? Oh, well, if I achieve this time or, or whatever. For some people, it's, well, I just don't want to walk. I don't care if I come last. I want to walk. I don't want to walk why you know it's like uh, these long runs that people do and stuff like you, you can stop and you know you don't need to hurdle styles if you're doing some off-road running just because you don't want to stop so you have to reframe a little bit and be honest with yourself and say look you know i am underprepared here i'm not really ready for this i'm not going to be deterred i want to do it but i've got to rethink things a little bit and, and i do need to put some walking in there and that's fine and because i've made the decision this kind of leads on from what we were saying here joe rather than waiting until you're forced to walk. If you make the decision with anything in life, it's quite empowering, isn't it? You know, you feel much better if you've made that decision to leave your job than being booted out of the door. So I think have the decision that, right, I I'm, I'm gonna walk here and this is how I'm gonna format it. You'll feel a lot better for that. And we're on the subject of reframing. You know, here's the thing. I think there's always positives to come from these changes that perhaps we don't wanna make initially. You know, we wanna race our races and achieve times. But if we are underprepared and we've got to make changes, what are the positives of having like a run-walk strategy? Well, it makes things potentially a lot more relaxed because you're not chasing times. It enables you potentially to soak up the atmosphere slightly more, even if that's during those walking breaks, than you ordinarily would be able to do if you were like head down and right face minute mile when I'm having my next gel. You could potentially rethink the fueling strategy. I still think it's important to have a strategy but you could potentially think about maybe some solid foods or breaking some things. You know, perhaps something you probably, you know, maybe you'd prefer to run with malt loaf, but actually you don't want to be doing that because you're chasing a time. Well, now you're not. So I think you need to make those changes where you can just spin it on its head. Up. I'm going to do it. I'm going to keep myself safe. I'm not going to be afraid to stop, like if I have to pull out the race to protect myself and the future of my running and my health. Uh, and also I'm going to reframe things a little bit. So I'm going to soak up the atmosphere. You know, you've got to say it's have a new challenge internally, I think. Yeah, but I think as well, you know, one of the things that, that I think is, puts a lot of pressure on people is other people's expectations. And you touched on this right at the beginning about saying maybe you're running for charity or 
maybe you know you're running for all sort of different reasons and people are saying to you I think it's really hard when you know you're underprepared and people are saying oh you'll be all right though won't you and so I think sometimes as well it's about just putting it out there and saying to people actually my training hasn't gone really well and yes I will be all right but I think I'm going to walk or I think I'm you know just manage their expectations to some extent not that that's your responsibility to do so but I think it takes the pressure off you as well just be open about it and and you know don't allow people to kind of make you feel worse about it than you you perhaps do already you know just take control of it and and say this is what I'm going to do and this is my goal and actually I'm okay about that and I think you'll find that people will then be really supportive of you where you are as well and and that feeling sometimes that you know particularly social media people are all looking at what you did and how well they think you did well you know throw it back to them and say actually to me this is how I'm going to do now and I'm okay with that and and like I say I think the vast majority of people will be really supportive about it and encourage you in that different yeah, approach I, as well sorry, I, agree. Joe, I think people are supportive you know <laughs> yeah no I, sorry sorry Joe I'm talking about it with a the, the, the signal here I I agree with that you know we've said before that we don't think people generally care too much about what you achieve in terms of target times and pace. They just care they're supportive because they want you to do well and be happy and injury free. I don't think anybody wishes an injury on somebody else or um, disappointment on another runner. You know, everybody wants to do well. I think it's always a funny one. And I say this a little bit tongue in cheek, Joe, and I find myself using this phrase. But one of the phrases that I think is overused in two, in two ways, and people clearly mean well, but I think it can have, um, it can cause potential issues um, particularly around these situations, is when people use the term smashed it. So oh, Strava is full of, you smashed it. Now people will say you smashed it no matter what happened because they're supportive and they don't really care what time you did. They just care about you and, oh, look what you did. You did a half marathon. You smashed it. At the start of a race, people will say, oh, you'll smash it. You will smash it. I, I, I say this. What that can do is I think it can make you, so if you're underprepared for a marathon, People don't necessarily consider that. Maybe they haven't got the, the, the knowledge, consider it, or maybe just, they just don't particularly consider it because they're caught up in their own running and whatnot. And they'll say, oh, you'll smash it, you'll smash it anyway, you'll smash it. Well, you might not smash it, depending on how you define that, because actually you're underprepared. So case in point with me in 2013, I remember there were some very good friends of mine, some that were over there when I was in Berlin. And on the Friday and Saturday, you know, me being me, I'm trying to motivate and inspire them as well and I'm, you know, encouraging them and whatnot. And they were like, oh, you're, and I was like, oh, I'm not sure, you know, I'm not around for forwards. Oh, you'll smash it, you'll smash it. And, and then, of course, they meant well. But inside, I'm thinking, but you won't smash it. I've not ran for four weeks. I will not smash it. And if I let it, it could have put pressure on me. So, again, people mean well. I'm not berating people in any sense. But just be very mindful of that if you are underprepared because it's about you and protecting you and doing the smart thing, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I put a post on Instagram yesterday, which, which got a lot of traction around, you know, you're not going to run a PB necessarily in every single race that you do. And and one of my mantras, that my new favourite mantras is be more Kipchoge. And I was saying, you know, you could look at Kipchoge and say, well, his last marathon, he didn't run sub two, did he? And he's probably not going to run sub two this time or that time. You know, it's not about always running your best performance because you, you just can't, you know, however you'll be on an upward trajectory and then all of us kind of plateau to some extent and there'll be ups and downs and that's just life and that's just running. 
And, you know, it's about actually accepting that and appreciating that, that that's okay. That happens whether you are Kipchoge or whether you're running six hours, you know, it will happen where you have good ones and bad ones. Just accept it and just, you know, do the best that you can on the day with inspiration that you had for all of the reasons that that might be. And home running, I know is Catherine, you know, saying here, she caught COVID a couple of weeks ago and, and that really changed her expectations for the marathon. And obviously, you know, there's that whole debate about should I or shouldn't I run? But actually to then go out and run and say, well, it's okay to run, I, you know, medically and, and, and all of that health-wise, it's safe for her to run. And I'm going to run and enjoy it. And just, you know, my expectations have changed because of these events that happened in these last 16, 20 weeks or whatever. Um, and like I say, that, that's fine. I think you make your peace with it and move on from there. And particularly, again, going back to, to London over any other marathon, you know, yes, you can, as you say, enjoy the experience. I mean, I must admit, I'm quite wishing I could run around with some old loaf myself now. <laughs> but that's just my nerves again. Um, I think it's, I think we've kind of really summed it up, haven't we? It's about, you know, being honest, an honest assessment of your training and then an honest and structure to a race plan as to what you're going to do now. Um, I don't know if there's anything else you want to add, Jake, before we wrap up for this week. Yeah, just, just before we do wrap up, I, I suppose forward thinking, so beyond the race, obviously that's not what this video is about primarily. It's about what are you going to do if you're underprepared, but you can learn from that. And, and it's definitely worth reflecting afterwards, not necessarily before, because you're focused on getting through the event safely, but afterwards, right, why am I underprepared? Is it lack of motivation? Was it an injury? Maybe I just bit off more than I could chew. Maybe it's my first marathon. I didn't realise it takes the train for a marathon. You know, what are the lessons you can take from that? Well, now I realise what it takes, the commitment. And maybe you need to choose a marathon at a better time of year. Maybe that, that was the thing for you. You know, maybe you, you, you're trying to get through an ultramarathon, but you suffer badly from hay fever over the summer and you know, holidays or whatever, kids' holidays. Maybe an ultramarathon is not your thing. Maybe you're better off training for a spring marathon. So there's lots of learnings you can take from the experience whether you finish the marathon, and I sincerely hope you do, or you don't finish the marathon, you know, however it goes, learn from it and learn from the training, not just the race. Don't be just disappointed by the race. It's what happened in training, what worked, what didn't work, and what can I learn to move forward? Yeah, and I think just to really finish on that point, it, it's a cliche, but cliches often hold a lot of truth, don't they? That you often learn more from those bad experiences than you do from the ones that go well so you know try and make this as good an experience as you can with where you are now and and then like you say look back and actually be honest about what was it that meant that I went into this underprepared and what can I do about that next time and we'll all be good we'll be fine so this obviously is my last run today before the marathon so uh, this is how you're going to be next week it's going to be really fascinating to see what state you're in but I will now put Oasis on my playlist to make sure I greet you in a similar way to the way that you greeted me today <laughs> I'm really sorry folks for our technical hitches that we've had this week we do try to be as prepared as possible but you know even the best of us sometimes fall to pieces um you can always catch up afterwards uh in particular, if you haven't had a chance this week, I'm going to add an extra plug for the Running With Jake podcast because there's a really great guest on there talking about marathons. Um, really rational, calm, well-prepared, in no way completely manic and hysterical. Um, so on that note, is there any reason you're popping off early? You wanted a quick lunch or going out for another <laughs> run? <laughs> <No>. Ciao. <laughs> 
Enough of that. I'm just, I don't know what's going on. Well, not with I do it, not know what's I mean, going on this week. I'm taking all the responsibility for it because I know I'm completely in a right state. Um, thank you so much, guys. Fine. Follow at Running With Jake. Follow me, Running Joe 10K. If you are running at the weekend, have a great one. Just enjoy it. If you're not running till next weekend in Manchester, then enjoy watching it on the TV. Enjoy tracking people. And good luck with your final week of training. Um, Catch up with us on the podcast and we will speak to you next week. Take care. Bye. That was Running With Jake, The Quick Hit. Hear the brand new full-length podcast every Wednesday. Or catch up now by searching Running With Jake, The Podcast.